Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast hosted by Kendall and Jackie, and here we talk about everything horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, and the tropes. And we have new episodes released Tuesdays bi-weekly. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Terranova underscore podcast. But also feel free to reach out through email at terranova.pod at gmail.com. And most importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And tell your dog too. Cujo. <laughs>going on jackie that is not like usual but i'm okay you know just here a regular day is jackie i understand <laughs> yes i love how i say that and my co-workers just look at me like it's okay we know that's you i'm like yeah thanks you know i'm glad no one's like giving red flags to me and like why are you here why are you among the children i mean my kids love it again one of my kids <laughs> called me evil incarnate and i was like yes it's happening i love it i mean my kids love how dark i am so they embrace it yeah, it's cool. After a while, everybody get used to it. We don't um, pull out the white jackets and put you in padded rooms. We know what it is. <laughs> so you good, Jackie. You safe here. I know. I'm so happy about that. Um, but yes, today we're going to be doing another, you know, our terror talks. We have, you know, a horror content creator come on. We interview them. It's literally all about them. And for this one, I'm literally excited. I literally told Kendall, I was like, I feel like this is like our first celebrity. <laughs> At least it feels that way to me. <laughs> Because I'm just like, oh my god. Um, and that is the amazing horror concert herself. You'd be seeing her everywhere. She'd be thriving in cons, a conference called ter- ter- her TED Talks, as I call it. Um, and that is the amazing Zero Gravity. Ooh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is uh, long overdue. Totally. Again, I'm like really cheesing because it really does feel like it's our first celebrity. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie is too much. And when Jackie says she's cheesing, she looks like Wednesday in Adam's family movie when she was smiling. She scared all the campers. Hey, yo. The campers, that's, that's pretty much Jackie. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. It is true. That is how I laugh. It hurts to laugh sometimes. Like, my kids I've, actually have called me Wednesday. They're like, you're just like Wednesday, Miss Jackie. I'm like, thank you. That's yo, me every day. I love that, though. <laughs> But yeah, so welcome. How's it going? It's going. It's going for sure. I'm happy to be here again. Long overdue. Like, I know we've been planning for so long. We're like, yeah, like who we every time we have an episode, we're always just like, who should we have for a guest? We should have a guest or something like that. And your name does pop up. And we're like, should we ask her? Should we ask her now? When should we ask her? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. When should we do it? I don't know. And we always go back and forth. Like, who's gonna message her? Are you gonna message her? Or I'm gonna message her. Like, who's? How is this gonna work? Oh my god, y'all! I just want you to know that's that's all the dialogue Jackie has in her head. Whenever she asks oh me, I'm like, Jackie, just message the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's a human being. We, she answers DMs all the time. Just just message the girl and tell you want to bring on. Word, and I'm right around the corner for y'all too. So you know I'd be down. Exactly. That is true. <clears throat> that is true. Um, I guess the first thing we're going to ask, which we ask every guest, no matter what episode or terror talk we're doing, and that is nitty gritty of like, what made you fall in love with horror? Well, that's a good question to start with. Um, 
I love horror for a bunch of reasons, but I do think after being in the community for a couple of years now, I have noticed that compared to my peers, I did step into horror a little bit late in the game compared to everybody else. Um, I really think it's cool, like hearing stories of how like parents brought their kids to go see horror movies, like when they're way too young, like, mm-hmm. you know, starting them early, stuff like that. But I got into horror mm, somewhere around middle school age. Um, I want to say maybe 12 to 14, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. And kind of for like a ridiculous reason, I do like telling the story though, but when I was younger, I want to hear it. (laughs) It's a little embarrassing. When I was younger, I was like a supreme scaredy cat. I was scared of literally fucking everything. And it got to the point where it kind of like took over my life. Right. And, uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the turning point for me was uh, I was scared of like automatic flushing toilets, like in public bathrooms and shit. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I don't know what my fear was in my middle school brain. Maybe I thought I was going to get sucked up. Like, maybe I thought I was going to flush before I was done. I don't know. But I would just not use public bathrooms if they had the automatic flush. And then one day I thought to myself, like, yo, this is actually ridiculous. Like, I can't keep living my life like this. I'm going to be an adult soon. So, you know, middle school brain, middle school logic. Jackie, I'm sure you know all about how kids' brains work. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. what is the easiest way to build up my tolerance for, you know, things that I'm scared of or my threshold for fear? So obviously I'm like, oh, duh, I'm going to just watch every single scary movie and I'm just going to Google the craziest shit. And then hopefully in time I will build up a tolerance (laughs) to being a little bitch. And, um, yeah, so that's what I did. And I started, uh, submerging myself in horror movies and I was, a, I am a child of an internet. I am a very proud child of the internet. So Reddit, my best friend, uh, mm-hmm. creepy pastas, uh, you know, like <laughs> crazy manga, anything scary or disturbing that I could get my hands on that I could find on the internet. I was, I was in there and I actually discovered a love for it. So I don't know. I, I still do have some fears as an adult. So maybe I'm just like a, a weirdo with a tolerance now. But um, mm-hmm. I discovered something really awesome in, uh, in my quest for um, growing a thicker skin. But I found my fandom that way. And I'm grateful. That's dope. That's really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Cause ain't no way in hell you would have got me to watch half those things if I was just that scared of everything out the gate. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like no in my head, I was like, I have to do this. Like this is <laughs> this is something that I have to do. I cannot keep living like this. Like if I end up going to prom and scared of like automatic flushing, like come on, I can't, I can't, I can't keep <laughs> living like this. But uh, ended up being a good thing. Did you watch like anything at all prior to that, or you you just was like, no, I'm not even going to even glance at it? Uh, I mean, as much as the average person, I guess. Um, the first horror movie I ever watched was Jaws, um, and I was I was eight. I remember that experience very, mm-hmm. very clearly. I was at a homie's house. <laughs> it was her eighth birthday, and I remember her dad was this like tall white man, and he had like a really thick like kind of yee-haw mustache you know the kind of like mm-hmm. covers the top lip like a like a comb almost and uh, <laughs> i just like it's like a movie in my brain to this day but i remember being at her eighth birthday sleepover and 
he would always, uh, her dad would always smoke um, cigars in the basement. So I remember this man coming up from the basement that just smells like cigars. And he goes, hey, girls, you guys ever seen the movie Jaws? And of course, we're all like, no, never heard of it. And uh, so we watched Jaws <laughs> at eight years old during a sleepover. And I did not sleep for two days afterwards. Um, not because of the shark, though. It wasn't because of the shark. It was because of Mr. What's-His-Face's head. You know, when they're like, they're doing the rescue mission and they find, mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Who's a what's its boat crashed in the middle of the ocean and then they dive yeah. underneath and then his head pops out of the bite mark oh, in, in yeah. the boat. Oh my God. Oh, Stuck in my brain for years after that. I literally did not sleep for two nights. I remember staying up in my parents' bed and watching SpongeBob to try to like distract myself. Or was it SpongeBob? <laughs> it was either SpongeBob or Angry Beavers. I can't remember. Uh, those one of those two. But uh, that was my first horror movie. And then I think after that, I was like, nah, I'm going to be over here. I'm going to step away for a while until middle school came. And then, you know, that just. Mm -hmm. Toilets. So we should all thank the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the um, automatic <laughs> toilets for basically bringing zero gravity to the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, man, kids are scared of all types of stuff. You know, I remember. <laughs> I always joke with friends, and uh, me and my lady one time saw this kid when I when I lived in like Brooklyn, you know, in New York. If you're in New York, there's MTAs everywhere, so everyone's using it. And one time he was getting off the uh, leaving out of the station, and this lady, I, I would only assume as the mother, was walking with her son. And I guess he's never been on a train prior, or I guess he was just never conscious of the of the experience of getting on a train. And you know, if you've never been on a train before, you're basically walking into a dungeon. <laughs> to get into a metal box like you don't know and if as a kid if you have no idea it could probably be terrifying and i just remember hearing the kid walking and they got right up to like the staircase and the kid just stopped and she kind of kept going for a second and she paused and she was like what happened he was like what's down there ah! he, was like, the train. he was like <laughs> he was like what kind of train where does it go <laughs> how do we get on it where's it going to take me and he just had so many questions that were totally legitimate and i was like man this is so normal to us now i guess this would be terrifying as a kid Word. He's asking the right questions, though. What's down there? <laughs> before yeah, before I descend down these very uh, sketchy looking steps, I got what's down there. <laughs> the meat train. That's what's down there. The meat train, or like the haunted train from Hey Arnold. <laughs> oh my god, yo! yo I know y'all will be able to relate to this, but do you guys remember the scene in The Wiz when the 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 gang goes down into the subway? And then, like, the subway poles, like, break off and, like, the trash cans yes. come to life and, like, yep. everything oh, is, yep. like, chasing yes. them through the subway. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> no way. I love that movie. You you know, I'm actually tempted to te make Jackie do that for this podcast because I'm like, that's a goddamn horror movie. That was It <laughs> is. I mean, it is a horror movie. It is. It's a horror element. I already know someone out there is just like... It's fantasy. Fantasy is a subgenre of horror. Okay, don't, don't. <laughs> Period. That shit was scary. It was. It was scary. Like you can't even. That's that shared trauma right there. Like if I go to mm -hmm. any For either real. New Yorker or any person of color, I know that we have this shared trauma. And there, there was a time. I think it was like um, uh, some award show. I want to say it was either like music video awards or like something for MTV. But Doja Cat was there, like accepting an award or something, and she had on this crazy outfit, mm -hmm. and it looked like one of the dolls from like that peddler who was in the, <laughs> the subway. 
and it went viral on Twitter and everyone was like, uh-uh, like we all have, mm, no, I've seen this before. Doja Cat, you are not slick. You are not catching me in that subway station. I already know how this movie ends. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. But so true. I love that Doja Cat does weird shit like that. She's like a meme as a person. It's kind of great. And she, em- she embraces <laughs> it too, which is like the best part. Yeah, we need more of that, Nicole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. So, speaking about the birth of Zero Gravity, uh, where did the name come from? Well, Zero Gravity was also born in middle school. Um, I used to be in a band. And... <laughs> I was I was a bass player in a a little baby rock band and we only did cover songs. We didn't have any of our own original music, but I will mm-hmm. say for a couple of 14-year-olds, we definitely did rock. And uh <laughs> we all had of course, if we're going to start a band, like everyone needs a cool rock star name. So, um we all gave ourselves little aliases for our rock band. I became Zero Gravity and and then she just like never left, you know, like zero gravity just kind of followed me everywhere until I started putting myself out there. And yeah, so I've been I've been me and zero gravity like we go back. We've, we've been here for a minute. That's dope. That is they cool. got some covers online that we can check out. Oh, hell no. <laughs> Do not. We might have back Thursday and just post a video. Yeah, we might have to do that. Do a deep dive. Like, oh, hey, I saw this cover. Is this, was this you? (laughs) This you? No, no. I don't know who that is. I'm like, pull a Kiki Palmer. Sorry to this man. I don't know who this man is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. That is too funny. Yeah. But that's cool, though. That is so dope. You know, like, it's funny because, like, we always see, like, horror content creators, like, now, ever since, like, you know, Kadel and I did our podcast, we'd be meeting amazing people, and we always ask them, like, how did this name come about? How did you start with this? And the the stories they, they tell us, like, oh, well, this kind of, like, how it happened, or this was kind of accidental, but I stuck with it. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, that's, I think that's really cool. I think so, too. And my handle is a different story, so... I've been through like many renditions of myself on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so my handle is IDK Gravity. Um, but uh, that was kind of like an accident. But mm-hmm. I, I just mm-hmm. kind of live with it at this point. But um, I first started putting myself out there on the internet maybe like, mm, let's say 2011 or 2012, one of those two years. And my handle used to be zero no gravity. Um, and I had a couple different renditions, but all different, you know, forms of zero gravity. And mm-hmm. when I had yeah. first started putting myself online, I was gaining a little bit of traction. And I want to say I was maybe at like, let's say four or 5,000 um, followers. This is when I was just strictly on Instagram. And uh, mm-hmm. this was before um two-factor authorization y'all so i remember um (laughs) going to the theater to go see uh ant-man and i came out the theater and i said wow that was a great movie i can't wait to post my review post my thoughts online and i couldn't get into my instagram account 
I was like, oh shit. And I, oh, wow. I, oh my God, I remember my heart just beating. I was in that AMC just panicking, straight panicking. My friends were like, girl, you're tripping. And I was like, no, like I need to post my review, you know? Like if I can't get it to my Instagram, <laughs> I'm going to have to start over. It's going to be a whole thing. I called my manager at the time and uh, he was basically like, well, you know, it'll be fine. Um, but of course, like when you're an independent person trying to grow on social media, it's it's not easy. And uh, this was before yeah. you could just like throw money at the algorithm to make it work in your favor. Not that yep. I ever had money to do that anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it could have been an option. But, you know, I, I worked hard for that for that 4,000 and uh, I was hacked by like some, it was a Russian email address. It was just like a sex bot, you know? And uh, damn that really sucked. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, let's see, it's, although my, my community was like really supportive at the time, or still, we're still very supportive, but um, whoever had taken over my account was like messaging my followers for like, you know, hey, you want to, you want to meet up? Like, you know, classic bot things like that. We're posting yeah. photos of white women on my account. And my followers were like, yo, <laughs> this is, this is not right. And they, uh, so they all band together and they reported the account, um, but they reported it so hard that Instagram actually blocked my IP address. So I, I couldn't even like oh, wow. make a new account. I, I just couldn't use Instagram on that phone at all. I had to get a new phone. That was like really shitty. Um, and then I started over that day. Obviously I lost my handle, which I think it was zero, no gravity at the time. So mm -hmm. I was trying to think of something that would be recognizable. It'd be easier for my fans to find me again because you know, I know how it is the internet and especially social media is, is a thing of convenience. So, you know, if you're not like Definitely. my homie and like in my pocket, there's a good chance that if my Instagram goes down, you're not going to, you know, put an effort to go and, and find me again. So I needed to find uh, a mm -hmm. name that was like easily recognizable for me. I could find my community again, wouldn't have to work as hard to, to get my numbers back up. And I just couldn't do it, man. I, I couldn't think of something that was like, you know. That, that would fit for me. I could have all of my handles match. And I got really frustrated and I just put in, I don't know, gravity. And it was available. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I just been IDK gravity ever since. Uh, it was an accident, but it really was just, I gave up. I gave up on trying to figure out a better username. I said, I don't know, gravity. And, and then it stuck. That's great. That's, That's a hell really of a cool. journey to have to go through just to keep your pages. Oh, yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> and I get a new phone and everything. Those bastards at Instagram. It's terrible. Couldn't write. They're posting pictures of Lindsay Lohan. Like, hey, let's meet up. Wild. <laughs> Wild. See, now, if I was 13 and someone hit me with that, I'd have been like, you know what? Yeah, it's Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. Like, I'd have been dumb enough to fall for that. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's my DM right now. <laughs> and she's only got 4,000 followers. Wow. That's insane. This is my chance. My time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so insane. That's, for some of the people who don't know, like who, who maybe aren't aware of your page, like what are some of the things you kind of like post and talk about and do? Obviously, it's horror related, but I mean, like just generally. Scary. So, so you do a lot of things. I, yeah, I do. Um, I have a really strong footing in the nerd community. Um, 
with a, a focus on horror, sci-fi, and dark fantasy, but just nerdiness in general. Um, I travel around to cons, more likely on the East Coast, just because that's what's accessible to me. I am a public speaker. I like to speak on panels. Um, usually things um, about diversity and inclusion, about how much representation matters inside your fandom, um, about building safe spaces in fandom, you know, because we all exist here to, to get away. That's why we like mm-hmm. horror so much because it's it's an escape. That's why we like comic books. That's why we like anime mm-hmm. and, and and television. It's because we can kind of like leave our bodies for a little bit and you know put ourselves in a world that doesn't exist. And with horror specifically, it's it's like you put yourself in a place where like everything is worse, you know. And living in America is fucking hard. Or honestly, just living in general is is a task. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. especially like spending the, your, your precious hours on this earth in a way that's, that's meaningful and that makes you happy. That's not, that is a, such a fucking hard task, yo. And sometimes we just need a break. So if I can like transport myself to a world where, you know, I could just be eaten by a zombie at any given moment. And, you know, I'll look back at my own <laughs> life and be like, uh, you know, I got a one more week to make rent, but it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Um, and I think that's really important to our health is is finding a good escape. Um, just I, I think nerdiness is the best hobby. And it's hard as a person of color to to have your safe space actually be a safe space, because let's be real. There's not a lot of representation out there for us, and it's getting better and better every year more exponentially at that but i know y'all can relate like when we were all younger reading comics watching shows the shit that we liked didn't feature people like us so it's it's kind of hard to yeah. to step like 100 percent into that world like i used to be i was so big on lord of the rings when i was younger so big on lord of the rings mm-hmm. and my friends were also but like who we got like how, can i really exist in this world because there's there's nobody that looks remotely looks like us, except for like I don't even want to compare us to orcs because that's just offensive. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. But there is a way to to find uh, safety and community within fandom, but it's not the easiest thing to do. It's it's a little easier now that we have the internet, but still, like you you gotta search. Like I searched for you guys, you know, like. It's not like I just found this yeah. cool podcast called, called Terra Nova. Like you just grace my algorithm. Like that's not how the world works. Like I, I have to, we have to search to find podcasts like yours and, and like mine yeah. and grow that scary and scream Kings. It's, it's not readily available. So if you have the, the keys to find your community, then you'll feel more accepted. You know, many of us spent, a lot of our lives kind of feeling left out in this way and you know I, I spent 18 years of my life feeling like i was not accepted in fandom um and if i can do just like a little bit to help generations below us not have to feel that awkwardness of reading comics and being like where's you know like where's the puerto rican hero that we deserve where's the filipino yeah. <laughs> hero that we deserve like you know, can I get some more South Asian representation? Um, I I will do that. And, you know, I'll put my free time aside happily if I can help 
other people from feeling the way that we all have at some point as nerds of color. So that's kind of my personal mission. Um, and then on the, the, uh, the more broad end is I just want to create a safe space for people to talk about fandom and meet new people, have healthy discussion, you know, make theories and meet new friends really honestly if you don't have internet friends i feel bad for you like the people that i've met on this internet have become the closest people in my life and just amazing energy to surround yourself with. so if i can help facilitate a space where other people can find that and then they can enjoy fandom even more like i'll do it i think it's important even no definitely well said thank you like we have started a anime club at school, my after school program. Let's go! I, That's <laughs> awesome! I facilitated with my co teacher because we're both anime nerds and we're blurs and everything. And we really tried to emphasize the whole importance of representation in our classroom, especially when it comes to anime club. And we did a thing for Black History Month where we're, we made a whole thing. We were like, you know, how many villains or heroes do you know that are Black? And we actually had the kids call out and they couldn't think of everyone. They were like, just Black Panther, just Storm, just this. And right. I know my, my co-teacher was just like so devastated. He was just like, you guys should know because I talk about this all the time. And it, 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 it kind of like shines a light that how, yeah, like there's not much representation. And even if there is, there's not an outlet to like promote it of like, hey, have you read White Tiger? Have you read, you know, Robbie Reyes, the ghostwriter? Have you read this character or that character, this character, or even like an anime? Like, I know it started out as a joke, but now it's like, it's just a permanent thing now that Piccolo is black. Like, we, like, that's it. Like, we oh, just yeah, we, we stole him. him. Yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and even the kids were just like, but he's green. And then we kind of gave the history lesson of like, like, whenever it came to movies, black and brown people we were always the aliens we were always the monsters we were always mm-hmm. the psychics we were always in the background characters because we were never deemed important and it made them go like well like i didn't know that and it's important for them to know that and for them to be like hey pick up this comic pick up this anime pick up this cartoon you know we just got the kids into static shock and they've never seen static Ooh, shock before oh, so we're teaching show, about it we're Yo, teaching cameo? about it yeah we're teaching about milestone like it's it's like everything you said is so true because that's what we do and as an educator like it's so important because my whole class majority is boys but like three four girls but they're all black and brown and you know some of the girls don't know who white tiger is mm-hmm. or how important white tiger is because for me white tiger is everything to me um yeah. or like america chavez not people know america chavez america chavez you know? yep yep she's the and yep, she that bitch <laughs> <laughs> she is or how like in in teen titans jinx is actually black in the comics she's not white how they portray Mm -hmm. her in the cartoons and there's so much and then especially now with the whole like changing of namor well namor i gotta say it right (laughs) jackie baby now she talking about him every time we talk which is every day (laughs) that's my man that's my man if he told me join me and burn the world i'm like yes we're going to puerto rico first for the colonizing puerto rico first yes um, but but yeah like it's it's so true it's so true what you said and then to provide that safe place i feel like that's that's what any of us do because it's like if no one else is going to give it to us then we have to make it you Period. know like and it's, it's yeah. so true 
When you show the kids static shock, let me know. I'm going to come through for an episode or two. Yo, honestly, like, <laughs> you got to change these kids' lives with static shock because he was that dude. Like, that 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 really show was. was so was so good. And even mm-hmm. still, like, my adult friends are, like, still going to static shock every Halloween just because he was that fucking guy. <laughs> like, why does, why does yeah. everyone not know about static shock? Why don't we have little kids, you know, dressing up as static shock for Halloween? And it just kind of seems like our pocket. Like, pe- people should know about this. So let's bring awareness, mm-hmm. you know, let's show it in the class, and then let's talk about it. And then who knows, maybe those kids who grow up to make diverse comics of their own someday or, you know, be a director and want to cast people that look like them in their movies and and then make it easier and easier for the kids that will come, you know, later in life to be nerds and feel accepted at the yep. same time and have an easier way to to escape real life and have it still feel like a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super, super important. It's a conversation I often have with some of my friends is when they talk about different fandoms, different things. Like one of my good friends that we, we man it means dude but friends since we were like eleven. So it's like twenty plus years now we've been friends. Uh and he love he's a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really a honestly a big huge star wars or star trek fan like i like them but like i'm not like super invested in either fandom and you know oftentimes you know especially with some star wars fans they go into the whole rant about like you know when they introduced the woman ray and they introduced the black dude this shit went downhill mm. and i'm like this shit was never good bro like that's one thing i always have to feel like i have to remind him i'm, <laughs> I'm like, screaming i'm dead like I'm take, take I'm a like, step back and humble yourself for real yeah <laughs> I'm like, this shit was never great writing. Like, I like space magic like anybody else, but this shit was <laughs> not magic. the best writing ever. It's space magic. It is what, it, and I ain't mad at it because I like space magic. You choke a motherfucker without even touching him. That's space magic. That's it fine. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. But like, I was never invested in this shit. Like, I watched it a little bit as a kid. I saw the original probably 20 times as a kid. Still don't remember what happened because I wasn't invested. I was like, all right, cool. It is what it is. But I think I told Jackie this before, and I might have mentioned it on the podcast. When they did that trailer for Force Awakens, or Force Unleashed, I mean Force Awakens, sorry, Force Unleashed was the game, I believe. Force Awakens, and the first thing they showed was Finn, the black dude, when he took off the, the fucking Stormtrooper helmet, I, I leaned forward to my chair. I mm. said, they let niggas into Star Wars? I literally said that to my friend. I was like, I didn't know they let brothers in. We had Billy D. Williams, but he was the coolest brother in existence. We can't all be Billy D. <laughs> 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 like, they're going to let a regular brother in the Star Wars? I'm going to check this out. Now, did I enjoy the movie? I did not. But they got me in the seat to at least see this brother, wield the, the fucking lightsaber, use the gun, help this woman who was a lead. Like, we've had white women leads before, but I'm still excited to see a woman lead. I watched A Thousand Years of Buffy. I ain't got no problem with oh! like, hey, the lead. <laughs> He, he the black sidekick but he he like a lead character too i'm in here like you 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 got me you got my money i Word. bought the ticket we here mm-hmm. like and that that's the only reason we here though like and i i think sometimes uh people when they love a fandom they fandom they can forget that sometimes they're like you may be invested but some people can really not be invested purely because they don't see themselves reflected yeah and, and uh, it's so it's so easy yeah. really and i also i want to like to your point like a lot of the star wars films have not great writing like you know nostalgia is a hell of a drug you know like and it it is i would say even more so than cocaine like it is very very powerful and we can be very jaded (laughs) about you know what was good what was bad what was appropriate what was not appropriate just because it feels good because it's part Mm -hmm. of our childhoods and i'm not minimizing star wars at all like the cultural impact is is insane but 
we need to it's it's hard because sometimes I want to say we need to take this less serious. And then other times I'll be like, we need to take this more serious. But at the end of the day, this is yeah. all fantasy and it's made up. Mm-hmm. None of this shit is real. So, you know, when you introduce, you know, the possibility that we could have a woman Jedi, we could have a black Jedi and you guys are calling, you know, bloody murder. Oh, it's the downfall of the franchise. Like a humble yourself. Like, humble yourself. <laughs> yeah. Please humble yourself. This isn't the end of the franchise because you have people different than you coming to light. Um, it's just, that's just kind of how the world is now. Like, people need to be represented. We need to have little boys who have Finn action figures and little girls walking yep. around with lightsabers because, you know, this is something that, that could be tangible for them as being a powerful woman someday. It doesn't mean the end of your franchise. Like, relax. And I think it's interesting that you bring this up, Kendall, because I hold, I think there is a very strong, okay, let me just start by saying, I think that all fandoms are the same. Like, and I have, during my time on the internet, I have bounced around between a lot of different fandoms and they're all the same. They all operate the same way, um, depending on if you're in the Star Wars fandom or Walking Dead fandom or whatever. But I do draw a lot of, um similarities between star wars fandom and horror fandom for some reason those two fandoms are kind of locked up the tightest um and i think Mm -hmm. maybe it's because we have in those two fandoms there's a lot of old heads um that kind of won't let this shit go (laughs) you know what i mean but those two fandoms i thoroughly believe are the most hostile um and just as just goes to show us it's even more important to put the work in there because you know, when we're as horror fans glorifying characters who are this quote unquote lovable hillbilly. And, you know, when I was growing up as a young black girl and also a queer girl, the only thing I know about hillbillies is that they're probably not going to fuck with me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's be a little bit more mindful or, you know, we only see white people in Star Wars. But, I mean, we got Sam Jackson, but he don't really count because he's just sam jackson but you know what what does that tell to all the the little black kids who who want to be jedi someday want to be a stormtrooper someday i don't know but it's uh we need to let that shit go for real um so <laughs> they do they, they, do. they really do need to they let really that do. shit go but as long as we have like younger fans and more more progressive fans of color and screaming how important this is then it's gonna work it's gonna work eventually and i will say star wars definitely did drop the ball on its diversity training but that's not my fandom, sure. so that's y'all's business, not mine. I'll be over here in, in <laughs> horror trying to make it work. <laughs> but good luck, though. <laughs> we all got work to do. Definitely. That's true. For sure. At least we had LeVar Burton in fucking Star Trek. That, that I blended with a, a, a little bit more immediately, even though I didn't watch it a lot as a kid. I saw LeVar Burton. He's an intelligent black dude. They got futuristic technology, so they even be, in, in fucking Star Trek, they at least have a universe that's like borderline utopian. Utopian enough that they're exploring the rest of the galaxy to find out other things. I'm like, that's like an interesting idea in general. And I wasn't a big fan of it either, really either. But just like that basis was like a lot more compelling to me, and and so showed a little bit more in me than like Star Wars ever did. So right, and that's yeah, that's like the, the game up. I mean, in a nutshell. I mean, I know there's huge differences between Star Trek and Star Wars, but like in a nutshell, you see a black character, and you as a black man, you're automatically more invested in this show than. Or this, you know, 
franchise than in a franchise that doesn't show that you exist really like at all. So I don't know why at this point would you want to limit your fan base and as shitty as it is like at the very least at this point we've proven that diversity makes money like yep so you know if it's not for us then then do it for the dollar sign because if you make a movie about black panther and you give him his flowers you you know you pay the writer's room um a a decent amount to create a story that that matters for that community we will show up we will show up in the theater so if not anything else then just do it for the coin but it's obviously a lot more deep than that and that kind of reminds me of like whenever Kendall and I have those conversations when we see certain movies or shows that's like all black clack all black cast and everything and then I would be like but is that for us or is that for an ignorant audience who are just like, oh my god, I had no idea life was like this. Oh, you know, my it's god. like you can, and you can always tell. You can always tell. And I know there was yeah. a whole big uproar when when Candyman came out near the Costa one. People, it was half and half. Some people were just like, I liked it. I got what it was saying. And some people were just like, another one of this. Like we already had this. We don't have to be told this anymore. Who is this really for? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can always tell what a movie like who's the audience like is it for us or is it for those who's trying to quote unquote learn a lesson that they should have learned years ago Where? you know and it's just like and it is frustrating but at the same time it is kind of like sad that how yeah diversity is just a money bag mm-hmm. you know why are you casting this character black or brown is it because you want representation or because you want money Mm-hmm. Or because you're just doing it because now it's a trend now to be diverse. Like, oh, it's trendy now. I got to make sure there's at least one person in the film that's Asian, that's black, that's brown. You know, it's right. Check the it's boxes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Check the boxes makes, so we don't have to worry about the, the clap back from the community later. Like, make sure you have yes. a, a South Asian. Make sure you yes. have a queer guy. Make sure you have a black girl, you know. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll take it for what it is. But there's not much that that we can do on that level. But on our level, mm-hmm. there's plenty that we can do. And if, you know, if we continue to do what we do and make noise and start discussion and encourage people to, you know, put the the money that they can share in the right places, then that that shit works its way up. But, you know, ground level, that's what we can focus on. Definitely well said. Um, the next question kind of goes into like what you were saying about, you know, diversity and creating safe spaces and you know there is a huge stereotype when it comes to horror especially when it comes to women and people of color where it's just like oh they don't like that genre they wouldn't watch that movie they wouldn't do this 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 and that which of course is not true (laughs) we fucking love horror (laughs) we love horror um (laughs) and then seeing that you know for you being a horror content creator yourself and being in this field for so long and seeing the evolution of horror, like, do you feel like we're breaking that stereotype or we still have much more to go? Mm. <clears throat> this is a good question. Um, I think we are breaking the stereotype. I want to say starting like 20, 2010. Like 2010 is when things kind of changed. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Okay, actually, I take that back. Maybe like 2010, 
2014, 15, that kind of era. Um, because the, now at this point, we, we have like the birth of uh, what we call jet horror. And I stole this term from my friend Prince, uh, who is a podcaster for Bloody Disgusting at um, the Nightlife podcast. And mm -hmm. so jet horror is a term that's used to describe black horror from the years 2010 to present. Because um, that's our Hold on, is it Sorry, quick question. Is it jet as in like like jet magazine that used to be a black up editorial? <laughs> is that where they got the jet part from? I have no idea. That's a question for my man. Um, but, but I'll take <laughs> might it. Have to connect us for that one. Cause that would be funny. Cause I remember jet magazine. My, sorry. I mean, it just it immediately brought up childhood memories. There used to be a all black publication called jet magazine and they would do like highlights of like everything, black celebrities, um, black people in all types of culture, whether it's cooking, sports, celebrity. And they had like a jet beauty of the month, I think it was. And they would highlight like one beautiful black woman in their career. Mm. Like they did this like every month. My dad used to get it when i was like seven and i read it all the time it was so like beautiful <laughs> honestly like for the sake of continuity i would say yeah that's that is probably the connection there um but yeah like jet horror like black horror wasn't really a thing before that because mm -hmm. i guess that was the the general understanding that you know black people don't really do this black and brown people don't do this um and it was get out that changed everything really um yep and then you know get out was one um you know the money maker it made a lot of money it made a lot of waves um it was the first black man to win best screenplay i believe so but yeah y'all were there y'all remember um mm -hmm. and then that's <laughs> yeah. when i guess the stereotype was broken and and ever since get out we've had a boom in black horror which is that's just like you can't that's that's undeniable you can't deny that um and now it's it's kind of like a thing and it's something that people show up for so i want to say after that point then yes we have broken the stereotype but it's always been just that stereotype because you know y'all have seen the documentary horror noir like we've been here but the problem is even though we've been here and we've been making movies and we've been included in these things those things are never pushed those things are never broadcasted you know, like, I don't know, I, I even want to know how many times B Blackula was shown on a screen, like, at its release, you know, compared to <laughs> the other horror movies that were dropping at that time. But the point is that nobody was pushing it. Nobody's pushing it there. So I guess that was just the, the general consensus that just we don't do that. And the one time that it was, you know, uh, on, you can't ignore it when get out came out it's like oh i guess we do do this and i guess it's a thing for us now so uh nobody's making that assumption anymore i really don't think so because who doesn't know about get out and the waves that it made and the things that came after it after it i do agree like it's crazy how um like social commentary you you can't have horror without social commentary even the most ridiculous b-rated movies still have some sort of social commentary in it mm -hmm. and i feel like yeah with get out it was just so significant because it was heavy in the social commentary like super heavy and i remember going to theaters to watch it it was of course packed um 
and I went with uh like friends of mine. One of them, like two of them, were like not really like black or brown, <laughs> and we were just had a discussion like, do you understand what the movie was trying to say and why it's terrifying? And you know they did. And then some people in the theater that obviously it wasn't all just like a black audience watching it. It was some like white people in it. You know, they will laugh at certain points and certain things like they made a joke about it. But for us, like that's frightening, mm-hmm. you know, like the thing would get out the whole power of the message of that is that this is reality. This is what really happened. You know, my brother lives in a very white neighborhood in Jersey. And I remember he was telling me. Because there's a whole thing about Puerto Ricans that we know we don't hide what we are. And it's true. We kind of are like that. <laughs> Any aspect we could get, we're like, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been to them bodegas. Y'all be, y'all be jamming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We have yeah, a flag. Y'all be having a mega plan. Yeah. We have a flag <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yep. We got a flag everywhere. I love it. I love y'all for that. <laughs> we could put a flag anywhere. We'll put a flag everywhere. But yep. because he lives in a very white neighborhood, he had bought this key, like this necklace that has the Puerto Rican flag on it. And he puts it in his car and he was just like, yeah, I can't do what, you know, my other siblings do where they have a huge flag or something. And he was just like, remember, I live in this area. There might be someone who's not going to like that. And because far away, it looks like the American flag. So he has to always be careful. Yes, he's friendly with his neighbors. He's always told me, he's like, yeah, my neighbors are cool. They're fine. They're good. But he's very cautious about it. And it's a real fear. You know, get up was just perfect in that. Where like, I do get paranoid when I'm around like an all white like you know crowd in the train or whatever because you're just like there are people who still think it's like fucking 1960s <laughs> you know there's still people like that yeah, but true you know it's like you people could say oh no it's i'm like aware of it i'm uh i hate how people have broken down the word woke now because woke is not even like what was used before and that was used for some other reason like no i'm woke i'm aware i'm aware but then when certain things happen, then they switch it up. And it's just like, oh, I thought you were an ally. I thought you were a friend. I guess that was just a lie because it was trendy. Mm. And it's just, it's just so ridiculous. It's just crazy. And yeah, like, every time when Kendall and I do a movie, especially nowadays, we always go back to the whole, like, if it wasn't for Get Out, we wouldn't have this. If yeah. it wasn't for Get Out, we wouldn't have us. If it wasn't for Get Out, we wouldn't have, like, HBO doing, um... Watchmen. Oh, what was that show they canceled? And, and uh, no. Lovecraft Country. Yes, yeah, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Country. You know, if it wasn't for Get Out, we wouldn't have all these platforms and movies where we're just like, oh, that was heavy. I felt that, mm-hmm. you know. And it's 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 insane. I know, like he's very like humble about it. Jordan Peele. He's just like, I just did what I wanted to do. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna do anything. Yeah, but he's just a fan of the genre. Yeah, but he understands it. Because especially when you're black and brown, you don't see horror for just what it is of like, oh, that scared me. It gave me a jump scare. Ha ha. You see it for more what it is. That's why I love zombie movies so much, because that's just like social commentary 24-7 when you watch a zombie movie. Where, and yeah. it's just like he understands it in a way that it's more than just a jump scare. It's mm-hmm. an internal, real fear to have. And that's why I appreciate for what he did and what everyone else is doing afterwards. Word. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love a good jump scare. Jump scares are fun. <clears throat> you know, I like the little adrenaline rush that you get when you jump up and you see in the theater. <laughs> like, it's great. Like, that's, that's why we love a, a reason why we love horror so much. But, you know, 
it hits different if you know it it's a it's an idea that scares you and if an idea scares you you're gonna think about that after you leave the theater you know if you get Mm -hmm. scared because of a jump scare you know you you jump and then you recover and then and then that's it but if it's an idea or a concept that is brought to life in a film that actually scares you you're going to be thinking about that on your drive home from the theater you're going to be thinking about it when you go to work the next day and that's what makes horror like real moving i guess and the great Mm -hmm. thing about get out is that honestly if if you didn't understand the message of get out then whatever this movie wasn't for you anyway but that movie is so the screenplay is so incredible it's it makes the message so easy to digest for people who are fucking competent. I mean, excuse my French, but if you have a brain, <laughs> if you can think critically, then you're going to get it. Um, mm-hmm. You're, you're going to understand the message. If you're not, you know, a proud racist, then even white people will understand it. Asian people will understand it. Queer people will understand it. Well, really any marginalized person, it's, it's kind of for them, but, if you are a competent, not marginalized person, it's it's still easy to swallow. It's an easy pill to swallow. You're gonna get it. Um, but when when waves are made, is when white people, privileged people, yeah, when they get involved, when they understand this message, and then it scares them, and then they leave the theater thinking about it. That is a huge fucking deal. I remember when I went to go see Get Out 2 and uh, I was in the the theater with, I want to say maybe like 30% white people. And Mm -hmm. there was maybe two couples that got up and left because, you know, we already know that's, you know, some people ain't trying to hear that. Some people not trying to hear that. So whatever, the movie's not for them anyway. But for for the white people who stayed to the end of the movie and got to the part where, um chris is like on the street and then we see the cop car or we see the cop lights and then collectively as an audience our hearts just sink into our stomach because a black man covered in blood with the dead white woman to his left we he's gonna go to jail for life he's it's over and you don't have to be black to understand that um anyone could understand you know what what's the next step here and so to have that feeling and for people outside of our marginalized communities think about that when they leave the movie that's an amazing thing that's an that's crossing mm-hmm. boundaries right there and i mean we already said this a million times over but that's why get out was the moment and inspired the whole movement of jet horror supporting black horror black creatives after that because we want to continue giving non-marginalized people that little glimpse into what it's like, that little glimpse into that fear, because it it is uh, clear enough and um, clear enough and also uh, strong enough to to almost like infect you, and you'll leave the theater yeah. or leave the screening, you know, end the movie still thinking about it, and when you're still thinking about it, then you know. Maybe that could change the way that you you see things in your day to day life. And that is the point. That's the whole point. Yeah. I remember the audience, like when I saw it, that scene came up 
everybody was like, <gasps> yeah, and you could oh. hear the gas, the grasp in everybody's voice, the whole gasp, like, oh no, everybody mm-hmm. was just like, because yeah, because you know it, you mm-hmm. know it, you know what it is, you yeah, know, and I am glad that he did not keep the original ending. Oh, we were going, yeah, <laughs> we were going through it. I mean, we're still going through it, but that year was really hard. And I was, if he would have kept that, I would have been like, come on, man, give us a break. I know, <laughs> Please we, give us a we break. deserve, we deserve a win, right? <laughs> Word, because you may not mean horror movies on own watch where somebody, a white lady done killed the village and then she walked away as a survivor and we just like, get ahead, girl, you did your thing. I was like, if I can't watch one movie where a black person literally has to survive a, a, a terrible scenario and then go away and not have to worry about the cops arresting him, man, I man, I'd, I'd show to God if he'd have kept that ending, I would have hated this movie. <laughs> I would have hated this movie so fucking much. Word. I'd have been like, oh, come on, bro. I didn't. I ain't need this. Like, we know what it is, but it's it's a horror movie. Let me let me get something. Give me something, brother. Word. Give me something. Like, I don't pay my money. Give me something. <laughs> I, I often... Word. I often think about like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the original, and I think about like if Sally were black, you know, um, I feel like she would get in trouble after that because <laughs> there's, you know, there's there's bodies, there's bodies in that house, and if she were someone of color, she would automatically be a suspect, you know. I mean, obviously, like she is the only one who witnessed what happened, but. You know, when it's hearsay and you are someone who could be in the eyes of, you know, white supremacy, suspicious. In Texas? Yeah, forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the sad truth, though. And nobody, I don't, nobody thinks about that until Get Out came out. And that's when people started thinking. Yeah. 100%. Because, uh, any, like I already said, anybody seen a bunch of movies in this genre, you know that's how most of these movies tend to end. It's like you get the the main character gets put in a scenario where literally the only way out is fighting. Like, ain't no peaceful talking. Ain't no, I'm going to call the cops. Nah. You have to fight to get out. It's it's kill or be killed. Yeah, it's that cut and dry. So, like, so for him to introduce that element was, like, really smart. I'm just happy he didn't go through with uh, putting the dude in jail. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. We, so it was, we, it was great. It that would have uh, been a little bit more um, uh, communal trauma. We don't need no more of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, word. Not at all, man. I'm happy he's been like the, in a lot of ways, the the catalyst for giving us like these really cool movies. He said to himself, he makes these movies for black people. He's like, man, I, I, I'm black. I, I like putting us in these movies. I like like showing how we would react in these scenarios. And I'm I'm a fan of that. Like I do like the joke and be like, yeah, horror didn't exist before he did. <laughs> it's just ironically a joke with people, but yeah. Because we you know, we had the people in the stairs and all that and we had tales from the hood and like I wish something like that could have sometimes I wonder I wish I wish other movies could have been like the breaking point mm-hmm. to kinda get people to come through. Um, because you know like Tales from the Hood was such like a fucking iconic yeah 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 it was like a big part of my childhood i've seen it so many times i've introduced a lot of people to it and i've, I've always like wished it was the like the genre breaker to kind of get black people more interested in it and for some some people i met it was that but uh for a lot of people yeah get out was that that point it was that breaking point so i'm, I'm not <laughs> i'm happy for everything jordan pill's done i just sometimes wish a different movie was the one that got people there because we probably could have got here a little sooner. But I'm happy yeah. we're here, so I need to be happy we took the journey to get here. Of course. It's better <laughs> late than never, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, I definitely agree. <sighs> I feel like we should revisit Get Out. 
that because we did it with Girl That's Scary. And, yo, that was, like, the best. I had the most best time recording that, that episode with hell. them. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, let's revisit. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes. Um, let me see. Kendall, do we have time for one more question? Or do you want to ask something? Yeah, let's like do it. Mac? Okay. Well, actually, the one question I do want to ask you, and this is just kind of like a, just for funny, just for like shits and giggles, since I know you do like your, you do your review, your reviews, you do your non-spoiler reviews and all of that. And, you know, I always see people, you know, people comment, whether it's you saw the movie early or you just got to it before most people did. And everybody got their reviews when it come to anybody. Everybody got their opinions when it come to reviewing anything. Mm-hmm. You can review goddamn cupcake and everybody got their opinion. Have you ever been any, have you ever gotten any weird responses about a review you did and what movie was it? Just for like fun. I ain't talking about somebody cursing out, talking about niggas shouldn't be in this movie. Something like that. I mean, like somebody who just said something weird that was kind of funny that you chuckled at about a movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, like all the time. People just like completely fucking miss the point, you know, <laughs> or just like, ah, I don't I don't know, man. Like, um, so I think to answer this question, I don't think anyone has ever said anything too crazy. But something that I I can't stand is when people start fighting in my comment section, because that's like not the point why I exist at all. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in the idea that everything in our fandom is fucking made up. Like none of it is real. It's all supposed to be an escape. It's all entertainment. So we should be able to take it, you know, however we take it. And a lot of us as horror fans love bad movies. You know what I'm saying? But there's... There's a redeemable, quali- redeemable things in anything. Like, for example, the Resident Evil franchise, the, the movies with, um, with Mila Jovovich, like those, mm-hmm. those movies are my shit. I fucking love those movies. And I own all of them on Blu-ray. Are they good movies? Absolutely not. They're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. But I love them. And I went out of my way to buy them. And so when people argue in my comment sections or whatever about if this movie was good or not, I'm like, you're wasting your energy, bro. And that's, that's not the point of why I exist is to have healthy conversation, not to, you know, bag on somebody's intelligence because they enjoyed the Dawn of the Dead remake more than they enjoyed Dawn of the Dead OG. You know what I mean? Like everything is subjective. So like, take it easy. And let's just enjoy the genre together. You're totally missing the point right now. And honestly, like I, I usually just delete them um, if I see it there, just because that's not positive and that's not the type of environment that I want to promote for myself and for my community. Um, yeah, just. But I, I mean, I guess on the other hand, I could also just let them waste their energy. Because if this is what you really want to waste your energy about, then fine. <laughs> <laughs> and yes i love really bad movies (laughs) like i love terrible b-rated horror movies it's like my favorite thing like you're my tell people is what like um oh my god what was that movie on shutter uh oh my god what was it she was a hooker frackin hooker oh i love franken hooker yeah that movie is ass but it's so fun right i yes Yes, you. I've been telling you to watch that movie for I don't know how damn long, Kendall. I keep forgetting, Jackie. I keep forgetting. <laughs> you gotta watch Maybe it. Maybe I'll man. watch it tonight or something. Yes, it's, it's just it's so ridiculous, but I love it. 
Or even where... Idle Hands. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But I love it. Or even like Return to Living Dead, like all the movies. It's so ridiculous, but I love it. Also, I hope people for Valentine's Day watch Return to Living Dead 3 because that's a romantic movie. I'm just saying. <laughs> but oh my God. Yes. Yes. That's. Uh... I mean, I think only one time we had something like that on our on our, our Instagram where someone was posting someone and then Kendall was like, they're probably trolling just for ignore them. And I was like, mm. all right. A troll's like, a troll. We do. Yeah, sometimes we do delete them. We're just like, get out of here. Yeah, get I mean, if it's, if it's too much, I will delete it. But, you know, for the most part, if you want to waste your energy arguing over something that really, in hindsight, doesn't matter. And, you know, cut it, for lack of better words, like shit on somebody else's shine. Like, you're, yeah. you're going to have to live with that at the end of the day. So, like, you can stay away from me and my Resident Evil movies. We're having a great time over here <laughs> enjoying life. And not taking shit too seriously. I feel you on that. Those the first two in that franchise, I could watch over and over. Those are my favorites in the whole fire, franchise. Fire, I agree. The first, first two are the best. Mm-hmm, you're right. I now watch Michelle Rodriguez in anything. So, oh my god, <laughs> maybe not in uh, <laughs> Fast, Fast and Furious. I'm still in there for her. I'm still hell. Damn. I watched Blue Crush for her. I never surfed. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that for her. The love is real. The love is real. I didn't I mean, give a damn about that girl who was the lead. I was like, Michelle Rodriguez in this cool. I'm in there. I'm in yeah. there. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to go in space. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for Fast and Furious in space. Oh, you ain't like, seen the last few. That actually happened. Again, that's they the rule. <laughs> they went to space already? They went to space in one of the recent... Sorry for anyone who ain't see it, but they did go to space in the recent film, part nine. They went oh to space. Oh, my fucking God. Can't believe it. I mean... You know what? I'm just gonna yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> like chew on that, film critics. It's cool. I, I, st- I tell you, I just I just go for Michelle Rodriguez. That's all we got. I yeah. nearly ended up on the DVD, but they couldn't find me to, to sign the paperwork because <laughs> uh, I went to one of the premieres for uh for part eight. Yeah, I went to the world premiere for part eight. It was at a uh, uh Radio City Music Hall in in Manhattan, and. That we were waiting in line to get in, and they were going around asking people about their love for the franchise. And I was like, I'm gonna keep it honest with you. I only watch this because of Michelle Rodriguez. I'm and I went dead. on a rant about my love for Michelle Rodriguez, <laughs> and the dude was dying laughing. And he recorded it. They have the, they have it. But I guess like I got inside before they came back around to get to get me like signing release papers. I'm like, dude, oh, that could have been on man. a DVD. That'd have been great. <laughs> that would have been so tight. That's hilarious. Oh my god. I just learned some more new things about you, Kendall. First was your love for Sama Hayek, and now it's Michelle Rodriguez. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sama Hayek was how I knew I loved women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I saw her from Dust to Dawn at nine years old, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm in here. Like, no more decisions need to be made. This is me. <laughs> this is life." <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as we continue this interview, um. Yes, we spoke about the horror genre and how it is, how it's changing, you know, Jordan Peele being the genius that he is, changing everything. Um, in terms of, like, movies you've seen or even just anything in the horror genre, like, when it comes to, like, whether it's the writing or the plot, the story or any of that, like, has there any been a show or movie where you went, that was smart? And how do you think in general the genre has been evolving, like, today? I mean, oh kind of for me, the mm-hmm. the whole thing with folk horror and then mm-hmm. like social horror is such a big thing now where I'm like, yes, I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm, I'm 
thank you for traumatizing me. Yes, I need this. I'm dead. But <laughs> in general, like, how do you feel like, like, you know, the changing of it? Or was there one that made you go like, I like this. I want to see more of this. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to name two. And they both kind of have the same kind of feel for me. So Malignant and Barbarian oh, are like two <laughs> of good. my absolute Bizarre. favorite fucking movies right now. And yeah. uh, well, one, I just think they're both executed really well. I think the cinematography in both are like so beautiful. It's just they're both visually striking films um, mm -hmm. for Malignant. I'm just that's Gabriel. That's my man. And I will stick beside him. I really will. And the reason why I say these two films is because they are so fucking smart. And mm -hmm. if you don't understand why Malignant and Barbarian have this feel, then you are the audience in which they are making fun of. And I, I mm -hmm. will explain. So Malignant is basically one big fucking joke. It's James Wan basically his commentary on all those goofy, creepy movies that he did in his exposition to horror, which, you know, if we were to go back and watch those movies now, not, you know, a little, a little cheesy, a little corny. We still love them for what they are, though. I still watch Dead Silence, like, uh, I rewatch it maybe, like, once a year. But they're goofy, Same. is the point. And so with Malignant, James Wan... Uh, it, in addition to kind of replicating this giallo, this Italian giallo feel, leaned into the goofiness and the campiness, kind of like a self-reflection to all the goofy, silly shit that he did years before. And I love that because like I've been talking about this entire episode, I'm, I'm just here for fun. I'm just here for fun. And clearly James Wan is just here for fun too. Because that movie yeah. is utterly fucking ridiculous. And if you can't sit down and enjoy it for what it is because it's silly, then you're, you're just missing the point. It's, it's meta. It's making a joke about itself. Um, and, but, you know, at the same time, it's still scary. It still has good writing. It still has a good soundtrack. But it's a joke, really. Um, and the same thing for Barbarian. It's... Uh, uh, a, a little bit different, like Malignant is more like uh, a, a kind of general feel um, of just uh, silliness and just uh, a little bit, a little drop of meta. But then over Barbarian is uh, really like making fun of the audience. Um, and I might put, have y'all seen Barbarian? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've All seen right. both. Yep. So for, uh, for the listeners, this is my spoiler warning right here okay three two one go so <laughs> barbarian is 100 percent playing tricks on the audience the whole time and i think that is the most clever thing ever especially because i want to say after like 2000 to i don't know 2010 maybe um there's this new thing where you know people are all up in arms about quote unquote elevated horror you know which which really is a stupid concept to me that you know, horror has like a class system, which is like so stupid. Like it's, it's fantasy and it's supposed to be something that we use to escape. So just because there's an A24 stamp on it doesn't mean that it reads better than returning the living dead. You know what I mean? Like there's, there should be no mm -hmm. hierarchy here. 
And with Barbarian, I think they're they're poking fun at like everyone who kind of lives in that kind of version of fandom where there is a hierarchy and you know, and there's good and there's bad and there's a line in between. And it takes the whole maybe first third of the movie and sets you up for something that you're never gonna get. You are never gonna get what they set you up for because the writer's room knows damn well that you're sitting in that seat over there and you're speculating and you're making every single educated guess that you can to figure out what the fuck is about to happen in that movie. And then they take that concept <laughs> and then they throw it out the fucking window because fuck you guys, honestly. And it turns into a completely different movie just to fuck with you. And it goes completely balls to the wall. It could have just been, you know, basic Airbnb horror. Uh, black girl checks into Airbnb, is met with a predator. They duke it out. He dies. Final girl lives. The end. It could have been that movie. But they know you're mm. already thinking that right so they said let's just take that crumble up into a ball throw it out the window and go balls to the wall with it and make it about this incest lady and these back rooms and then it's a mommy complex and and make it absolutely ridiculous and i love that and i think this is the way that we should be thinking about horror horror that makes fun of itself horror that makes fun of you for thinking you're too good and you know everything about the genre we're not the genre is always changing and i think these are like two really prime examples of uh making good cinema and at the same time not taking itself seriously because we got this weird issue with like what's good and what's bad you know people will literally put up a fucking stake for the shining um even though it, it definitely has this problematic roots and The Shining is a beautiful, near flawless film, but that doesn't, it, it shouldn't be put on a pedestal and everything else be dusted under the rug because of a certain reason. You know, there's a reason why me and Kendall really go up for the first two Resident Evil movies, you know, and that should be fine. Yes, sir. That, that should be like totally fine and be able to accept it. And so when you can like mix something like The Shining, or let's say, uh, let's say like Hereditary or any other um, A24 yeah. movie. And if you could mix it with something that's dumb and goofy, like Resident Evil, it's, that's like the perfect combo to me. Perfect, perfect combo. So I want to see more stuff like that moving forward and kind of almost like a, a clap back from filmmakers saying, you know, you don't, you don't know what we're thinking. You don't really know what we got behind the scenes and this whole notion of elevated horror. Y'all made that up. Not us. <laughs> and, really and you know what? Megan kind of did that too. Oh, I haven't seen it. Megan did. Megan is goofy it. as no hell. Spoilers. I love it. No spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, I ain't going to spoil nothing. The movie is just goofy as hell and I love it. And, nah. But you're right. Barbarian and, uh, and I'm malignant. They're all goofy as hell. And I, I love it for that. I, I was actually telling one of my friends that, the other day because me and him were talking about barbarians i saw that in theaters malignant i saw at home but i saw barbarian in theaters and i was like i don't regret seeing this movie in theaters but a part of me feels like i should have saw it at home because i did just want to laugh out loud mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. like it was just it was a funny ass movie i will never regret seeing it but the movie is so goofy and i am a fan of goofy i'm a goofy motherfucker personally word, word. so uh anything that's goofy in general gets a chuckle out of me so i laughed that whole fucking movie barbarian is just weird 
but you know, but look at it, it's just weird too. They all weird. They all weird, but like we should just stop taking this shit so seriously and just be able to enjoy and not, you know, dismiss other works of art just because it's different from this work. You know, it's all horror. Mm-hmm. It all, you know, is going to make your heart beat a little bit faster. So, you know, at the end of the day, whatever is, uh, whatever like works for you, I guess, whatever works for you, if it works for you, then it's good. And we shouldn't have to explain it further than that. If you like it, you had a good time, then it's a good movie. Yep. I agree with that. I definitely agree. And it's funny. Um, I forgot who posted it on Twitter once. But they were like, stop saying you're a horror fan when you're not really a horror fan. And you could always tell who are real horror fans and who aren't. Like, when they see certain movies like that, and they're like, oh, that wasn't really scary. It was this. It was boring. And mm. I always tell Kendall this. And I'm just like, clearly you're not a horror fan because horror doesn't have to scare the shit out of you. Yes. Like, I 100% horror is so agree. much more than that. Horror like, is, is so broad. It's just ginormous mm-hmm. umbrella. And it's not and you're right jackie you can tell that someone isn't a horror fan they said oh this isn't horror because this didn't really scare me like what Mm -hmm. like horror is not a synonym for scary it is a genre like name me a horror comedy that actually is scary like that's that's not the point that's not the point yeah pretty much like zombieland Mm -hmm. or or Shaun of the dead or like (laughs) You know, any zombie comedy is like the point is to make you laugh, but it still has these, you know, dark undertones. But, you know, that's not that's not the definition of what horror is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Most definitely. Like when people when Night House first came out, which, oh, my God, I could do a whole rant. I'm not going to rewatch that movie, though, but I could do a whole rant about how much I love Night House. <laughs> and so many people were just like, it wasn't really scary. I thought it was this way. I thought it was that way. I think it was OK. And I was just like, you totally missed the point what Nighthouse was really about. Mm. Like, you, you, like, what? <laughs> and it does make you angry as someone who loves and adores the genre. And I remember I spoke about this with um, Melissa, who we also had on Terror Talk once, where I was like, everything is horror. Everything is horror. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything. Even, like, shows, like, you wouldn't even think was horror. You know, again, you know, since we, since I do, like, Anime Club and all my kids are blurs and, you know, my coach is a nerd and so many people at work are nerds. I always, you know, bring up certain animes that you wouldn't think is horror, but it's horror. Or I'd be like, you know, Attack on Titan's horror. And they would be like, no, it's not. I'm like, it is. Attack uh, on Titan's horror. You are loosen your head if you don't think Attack on Titan is horror. These motherfuckers ripped the whole town in half, piece by Bro. piece, in the first yes. 15 minutes of the first episode of the show. Literally. It's not wrong with you if you don't think that's scary. Nah, you can go and have <laughs> a seat. Literally, first episode, homeboy, Eden Yeager, watched his mom get ripped in half by it. Stop it. Just stop it. We're not having this conversation. Yeah. That yeah. show was gruesome as fuck about murders. They not, like, cutting away. Like, you see the motherfucker getting chomped on. Attack on Titan is raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. Raw. And it's, it's horror. Fumato Alchemist, that's horror. Whether mm-hmm. you want to believe it or not, you know, a lot of these animes have horror elements that like, well, that's really fantasy or that's this. And it's just like, no, but where does you think fantasy comes from? Where do you think sci-fi comes from? Where do you think all this stuff comes from? It comes from horror. Mm-hmm. Horror is not just like, oh, gore, guts, and blood. It's everything. It's even like, you know, when you see a movie about global warming, that shit's horrifying. That's scary. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's, it's real. And it's just, it's just so insane how 
even though the genre is evolving, which is always like, I mean, it's always good that horror evolves because horror is just never ending. But then mm-hmm. you get those people who want to, like, you know, as Kendall said before, like, you want to put it in a box. You can't put horror in a box. You can't just contain it and just say, okay, this is horror and that is it. No, mm-hmm. like, horror is just, like you said, it is broad. It's super broad. It's everything. And even, like, shows that are drama or shows that are, like, you know, maybe romantic comedies. There's some horror elements into it. Because it may not be like, oh my god, this guy is being stabbed, all blood everywhere. No, but it's like a social commentary aspect of it, of like, that hit me, that hurt me, because it reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, that made me feel something. Like, even kid-friendly horror, like, that's horror. Where, you know, just yes. because it's for kids doesn't mean anything. Like, Coraline still scares the shit out of me, <laughs> you know? Yo, as like, adult. Scooby-Doo. That's horror. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, Yeah. So stop shooting on horror people. <laughs> yeah, stop I agree. Because we're so tight. <laughs> and, you know, and I know we've been struggling to work towards of horror finally being accepted in award show because it should be. Like, Hereditary has an amazing acting being done in Hereditary. You know, like, oh, Nighthouse, you know, every, every movie you could think of that has, like, significant roles and significant drama, that's just, like... Why is this not nominated? Is it because it's horror? You know, like, mm-hmm. and I, and it's funny how people like to take away horror. Like you mentioned The Shining, and some people don't like to acknowledge The Shining is a horror movie. They're like, no, that's more of like a drama film. No, it's a it's a horror film, or like Silence of the Lambs. That's more like a like a you know a crime movie. No, it's a horror movie. You know, like you can't separate it. Even if you try to, it's it's all elements of it. Like Word. freaking, I'm gonna say as well, like Madoka Magica, the anime. That's a horror anime. Scares the shit out of me. I want to kill a little fox thing. Like, no, get out of my face. I ain't signed no contract with you. <laughs> but you know, and yeah, like horror is 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 just it's broad. You can't contain mm-hmm. it. You can't conceal it. You can't just lock it in a box Word. and not expect it is, to it's break broad it. Broad and subjective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, the more I think about it, it's just it's a genre that kind of it requires a level of empathy to like truly enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because if you're only looking at horror through the lens of it has to scare me then like you're talking about your specific lived experience and you cannot have a lot um but uh a situation like we mentioned where like get out where like even the white people in the audience go oh shit the cops are here like that that requires empathy for you to feel the impact of something like that um i'm sure there's some people who just kind of brush it off like oh man whatever the cops are here anything of it and mm-hmm. like they can know the reality but they cannot have the uh, empathy to show how that moment should actually feel like they and if honestly if you want to watch these type of movies and not have an ounce of empathy in you then i don't i don't think you can enjoy movies at all but i definitely don't think you can enjoy this genre because mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. genre does force you to see different people in different walks in life even regardless of yeah. race race is just another lens but like uh just seeing different characters in different walks of life whether it's a a girl who's in a situation where her attacker is constantly following her mm-hmm. or a girl is in a situation where her roommate goes insane and she has to figure out what the fuck to do mm-hmm. or a situation where a toy comes to life. Like all of these scenarios are situations that in- involve a level of empathy. Um, and I think oftentimes people are trying to uh, use the phrase elevated horror as a way to just create a division of what's good and what's not, mm-hmm. but it's not necessary because at the end of the day, all of these stories are different. Word. All of them have reasons for you to feel for the character. 
mm-hmm. whether you relate to it or not. Now, honestly, you could you should just say I don't feel this shit and just turn it off. <laughs> versus going it's not good i hate it like because there are things me and jackie joked about this like last episode i didn't enjoy the movie terrifier but like i know people who do and mm-hmm. i'm like that's fine cool mm-hmm. bro i'm not gonna tell you hate the movie because i didn't enjoy it yeah but i'm like enjoy the movie but there are other movies that people don't enjoy that i love mm-hmm. and it's as simple as that i've shit mm-hmm. I've, I've seen hereditary and i was like man this is a Whew, I've dealt with none of these family situations, but this is a lot of emotions in a room. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was heavy for me, and I'm like, I don't have any of these problems. Like, I mean, not just like the spirit side of it, but I mean, like, I don't have this relationship with my family members right. that feels on this level of like kind of hate but kind of love. Like, I don't, I don't experience any of these things. But just like the empathy of looking at life through another person's lens make you go, man, this is a. This is a lot to deal with. I think I need to pause and drink some water. Like, this is a lot happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when a, when a movie can do that for you, I think I think that that's what makes the experience worthwhile, in my opinion. Like, Hereditary did that for me. The Dark and the Wicked did that for me. Like, watching that movie, I was like, whoa, bro. Like, this is a, there's a lot happening here. Like, the supernatural thing almost feels like a relief. Kind of even like with The Witch, when I did The Witch with Jackie, I was like, Man, the devil showing up feels like a breather compared to everything going on in his house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like Satan seems like a good choice right about now. And that, you know, that was, of course, <laughs> the theme of the movie, of course. Like, that was intentional. Like, it, the movie is set up that way. So, that is the decision that she makes. So, it's all like planned. But it's like, man, if I wasn't a viewer watching this and I had to live through this shit, the devil would look like God in this. He looked like a fucking salvation in this t- t- scenario, but that's that, that requires empathy. Word. Of like, if you don't watch a mm-hmm. movie with that level of empathy, then you just like, all right, cool, family dead, everybody fucked up, she flying butt ass naked in the woods. All right, this is what we doing. All right, and that's like that's how you just walk away from it. And it don't mean nothing to you, but mm-hmm. these things should mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Especially with, like I recently watched Uma for the first time, and I've never knew what the movie's about. I know people are like, it's a great movie, it's a great that I watched it, and I remember. I t- I texted Kendall and I was like 15 minutes in. I already know I'm going to cry. I already know this movie's going to fuck me up and make me cry. And it did. And mm. I was just like, great. Thank you for reminding me of my, my traumatic childhood with my mom. Thanks. But yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, some people are just like, I didn't get it. It's this and that. But if you never lived through that or been through that yourself, you're not going to understand it and find that shit scary. Uma scared the shit out of me. That's the real fear I have as, as someone who's a survivor of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. but like yeah like you have to have some sort of like emotion and feeling and not just be so like dead inside or be like uh eh, it was okay it was yeah. that because you're like because there are movies that aren't gonna be scary because that's the whole that's the new formula now with horror you mm-hmm. don't have to be scary to be scary Mm-hmm. You know, like Saint Maud is not scary. That's religious horror. Ooh, that's something I that's relatable. That movie. that movie is good. It's so good. Yeah, I enjoyed it so too. Good. And or every like, five minutes, my girl looked at me and was like, "Is there something wrong with you? Because you enjoy this?" I was like, "I'm. Not, I ain't this crazy bitch on screen. I ain't know she's gonna do a list." <laughs> yeah, we, two different, two different experiences. And like, I, I grew up without religion. I know essentially nothing, but damn was i invested in that story yeah and like to go back to what kendall said like you know hereditary like every i mean what was it i think kai is always saying what's wrong with ari oster (laughs) but (laughs) is he okay yeah but the thing with ari oster that i love about him is that he makes you uncomfortable as a viewer because there are certain things he does with people in movies where he makes you like really pull out that raw emotion 
and then you as a viewer are like, I should not be watching this. I feel very uncomfortable. I feel like mm. this is like hereditary and even midsummer. Like the beginning of midsummer when her she found that her family died, her sister killed herself. That moment where she was just crying and screaming, I was just like, I feel very uncomfortable because I feel like this is a private moment I should not be seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. so good at that, where he makes you feel uncomfortable. Where you're just like, this is a family moment. This is, I should not be involved in this. I should look away and walk away and give you your moment. And again, like, I just love when, yeah, like, people do that in movies where it's making you as a viewer either triggered or feeling something or relating to it and being like, like, Kendall said, like, I need a break. I need to walk away from this for a bit and then come back when I'm ready. You just did a fucking great movie. You wrote an amazing thing. You shot it amazingly. Like, Bravo to you. Word. You know, regardless of whether whether it's like jump scares, social comment, whatever. Like, you did an amazing job and be proud of yourself for doing that. Facts. I'm tired Before now. We hop up out of here. <laughs> I know. It was a lot. We, did, we went through a lot of things today. It's been a very uh, interesting conversation. Before yeah. we hop up out of here, I just want to say uh, thank you for coming. And even, I got, we got one last question for you. It's going to be real short and sweet to get us up out of here. All right. Uh, but what you got what you got next coming up? What's next with Zero Gravity? Next, um, I'm going out to Salem, Massachusetts, um, in April. <gasps> and I will be hosting so the cool. second weekend of Salem Horror Film Fest. And I am so excited. Oh, that's dope. That is so dope. Oh my God. Take me with you. Please, come on, hop in my suitcase. <laughs> okay, I could fit. I could fit. I'm tiny. I could fit. You know what? She could fit. She could. <laughs> Yeah, but um, that's dope. If you have like a link to that or something, if it's something people could pre-order, let us know. We'll uh, drop that in the show notes. Oh, totally. If you got festival people, then um, I'll put I'll send over the link. And uh, if anyone is interested in pulling up, watch some cool movies. What do you know the dates for that type of thing? Um, Salem Horror Film Fest is April 20th to 30th. And I will be running the show um, on the second weekend. So the 27th to the 30th. Awesome. That's cool. But yes, thank you for joining us, for coming on again. Don't be saying, oh, don't. You girl, you is the celebrity, okay? You famous, <laughs> okay? Just take it. Just take it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys but, for having yeah. me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's just ugh, so great. So great. Um, okay, so where can our audience find you? Which, I mean, I'm sure everyone's like, I know where she is. I know her handle. Uh, people who are new okay okay so um well you can find me on instagram twitter twitch letterboxd at idk gravity um and you can also listen to my podcast at blurdy massacre on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever else you get your podcast fix awesome thank you we love your co-hosts on there too All, all those guys are hilarious everyone great you guys are really good crew thank you all right so again, thank you again. This was so fun, so great. We definitely have to have you back on again. And then I don't know, maybe maybe I could replace Kendall with you one day. I don't know. Oh. You know what? Go for it. I don't care. Oh, I'm gonna take your job. <laughs> I can do a vac- I can use a vacation. Why not? <laughs> we could all use a vacation, man. I'm tired. Word. I'm dead inside. Teacher's life. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so until next time. Catch you guys later. Ooh you. Ghost goodbye.